talk about the rising of Jesus from the dead. Three things that I want you to put in your mind. You know, there's something beautiful about the soul or the mental faculty. Something beautiful about the mind. A lot of the times when um, people speak on spiritual things, they tend to try to downplay the effect of the mind. But the mind is the avenue that all expressions are given concerning a man. The strength of a man is actually in that middle place, which is the mind. Um, physically, you can group a man's senses into five, physically. Speaking from maybe a scientific perspective, you can see sight, smell, Taste, feel, hear, right? Five, five main. I don't know if they've discovered any. Scientists are interested. Have they discovered any new ones? All right. But when you go to the scriptures, he talks about three main ones. He talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh, the, um, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those are the main signals that the, the body right, actually passes on. The same way with the spirit, you will find three main compartments the spirit. You find the conscience. You find intuition. All in the, in the spirit realm. These two, all right, have a convergence. Anytime you see a man, he's either a prototype of the dominance of the spirit or the dominance of the flesh. His decision center, which is the soul, the mind, where all where you know he will be judged based on. Pastor Chris said one time that 
the mind is the doorway to the spirit. It's actually a two-way door, and every door is actually two-way. It's also the door to the flesh. The mind is actually the door to the flesh. So you can see that someone can imagine something. That's what Jesus Christ said, that even if you lust after the woman, he said, you don't have to do it. Even if you lust after the woman in your heart, he says, you have already sinned because you have passed on an information. You know, you are known. You, that you, are, you are a collection of your choices and your values. All right? We look, when we look at you, aside you being born again or not born again, when we, when we add you together, you are, you are, um, we form you together as a collection of the things that you value and the things that are your choices. For example, um, I, I like a particular food, all right? And I like a, a particular set of people. And I like a particular... Um, a particular thing. All my likes come together and when they come together you begin to find that I am uh, a combination of all the things that I like. So, if you have not spoken to me, you might not know. The moment you, you punch me, my reflex actions are either what I have fed into my soul subconsciously or consciously. Right. So the mind is very important. That's why Jesus Christ said, let, or, or Paul rather said it, let this mind be in you. It's very important that, you know, the word of God is food for our spirit, but it's also information to our mind. Right? The word of God is not just uh, uh, food to our spirit. It's not just a spiritual thing. It's also information to our mind. So it helps us to also have values. It also have, um, helps us to corrections. It helps us to think in a particular way. So God gives us a thinking pattern through his word, right? That's a, one of the uh, major ministries of the word of God. It gives us a thinking pattern. Now, he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So whatever Jesus did for us, or whatever God did for us, he documented so that we will have a mindset. So that we will have something in our thinking, right? So now, this new information, right? This new information that the man has received now becomes a core of his life. And when you look at him, he's a reflection of the things that he believes and the things that he values. And the things that he's read. And the things that have been said to him. The language that he speaks. You see, they are like reflections of what is in his mind. Right? So let this mind be in you. When we talk about resurrection... When we talk about the resurrection of Jesus, what comes to our mind? Is it time for a party? I know some people have a, a major issue with Easter, right? They say Easter was a pagan festival that was celebrated by Constantine that was changed to Easter. So Easter is not really supposed to be celebrated. Now, I want to bring your mind to something. Sometimes these religious banters are not necessary. All right. Now, what happens with Easter? Even though it was probably a pagan um, festival, it also falls around, a lot of the time, it falls around Passover. Alright, so, and Jesus Christ died around that same time. So, what's the big deal? Alright, we might not have the dates correct, but what's the big deal? We still have taken out days. There are people who don't know their birthday, so they pick any day and say, that's my birthday. I mean, they still have to, they still celebrate it. You don't, it, in, the, in the radar of heaven, it's not really a thing that is so important. You know, a lot of Christians, you know, Especially those who are not kingdom-minded. For example, something happened on um, uh, one of my 
it was my, my secondary school page. Something happened there. This week, I, as I was forwarding a video, right? One of those, my short skits. So I was just forwarding. I didn't even pay attention. I, I forwarded it to the group. I didn't realize, but I forwarded it there. And everybody was like, you know, you have a group there. You have unbelievers there. You have people of other religions there. You have Christians there. Now, many Christians came, all right, because I shared something along the, 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 the side of resurrection. I'm, I'm sure some of you have seen that video. What I actually spoke about in that video was that Jesus didn't come to die for our sins. He died for our sins, but that is not the reason why he came. He stated his statement of papers. He said, I have come that he might have life and have it to the full. You know, and uh, because he had to give us life through the resurrection, Jesus had to die. So it was not his main aim, just come and die. So his resurrection was the greater truth. And this uh, was a means to an end. Now, everybody said, oh, powerful. Thank you, man of God. Powerful. I didn't even expect, you know, that. But later in the evening, one young guy comes there and says, oh, my God, this is so wrong. This is, a, this is so wrong. This is this, this is that. As he was talking, you know, I just thought to myself, how Christians really shoot themselves in the foot all the time. So I texted him back. I said, even if what I said was not the best or was not correct, that is not the place to say it. We present such such a divided front. Now, look at this. What I said, if if we talked about it or we talk about it, you realize that, do you believe in the death? Yes, I believe in the death. Do I believe in the yes I do? Do you believe in the resurrection? Yes, I believe. Do I? So we actually believe the same thing with different emphasis. The foundation of the truth has not been touched. I am coming from a different angle. All right, I'm just saying that the, the resurrection was a greater truth, and the death led to the resurrection because I would say, if you shall confess with your mouth that Jesus was raised from the dead, that is the thing. And when I you see, this brings me, I'm entering the message now. This brings me to the resurrection. Let me tell you something. The matters that borders on life, all right? Let's go a little deep now. The matters that borders on life, all right, is greater than the cross. Why am I saying this? When God created Adam, if Adam was in the fullness of life, God wouldn't have to put in a tree of life. Because God had an agenda before Adam sinned. The matters that border on life is the bigger picture. Death as a result of sin, came to intrude what God was doing. So, some say, oh, without death, well, we, it was one of his arguments. I said, without death, how will there be life? And I said, you don't need death to have life. Life can give birth to its own life. But sin brought death. And because sin brought death, life had to die to live. So, sometimes it's so difficult when you, to get people to unlearn. So I told him, I said, look, even if I was wrong, that was not the place to say it. He said, he said no, no. If you post something, say, I have the right. I said, it's not about rights. It's about sense. It's about sense. Oh, so then an unbeliever will come and say, ah, these people said they are confused. If he believed what I said, 
and probably gave his life to Christ, he will come and say, ah, that means what he shared was not correct. That means what I received was not correct. Bundle of contradiction. When I sit in a bus and someone comes to preach and he's preaching the wrong thing, I have no right to talk because I should have stood up to preach if I know the right thing. Even if what he's saying is wrong, at least he has the courage. And you know one beautiful thing about God? Someone can preach a, a 50 minutes wrong message and the Holy Ghost will get five minutes in the midst and preach something. That 15 minutes. Most of you, when you started your Christianity, you knew a lot of wrong things. God didn't throw you away. He still accepted your nonsense that you knew. Like I told you, when my first message I preached, the breaking of God's heart. That's the title of the... <laughs> and I remember very well, Genesis chapter 6, that man has been breaking God's heart. I will preach that message with so, so much pain. And God used the foolish message that I preached. Some people got saved. Some spoke in tongues. You see? Because in between what we say and what people hear, there's an interpreter. That in all your mistakes, I know people who are praying for the sick and they are making grammatical error and the people still get healed. You with all your English, nobody gets healed. I told I said, it is wrong. You don't fight your brother on doctrine in the midst of unbelievers. The matters that bother on life have nothing to do with death, really. You see, in philosophy, they say something. The Bible says that God created man. Philosophers say man created God. Man didn't create God. Man created a new character for God. And he, he expects man, he expects God to fit into it. Okay, let me explain this. <coughs> God is God. And God is cause. Man is man. Man is effect. Man didn't create God. What we think that man created God is, man created a certain character of God and he expects God to fit into it. If God doesn't fit in, there's no God. If God is truly a cause, alright, if God is truly a cause, then he uh, uh, we should rather go and find out from him how are you like you said something when you were on the, on the talk show it's, it's possible to understand God the only way you can understand God is for you to go and ask him how are you, uh, what, what are you like so if you get into relationships and you ask the girl what do you like what don't you like what do you like what don't you like why don't you rather go to God you're, you're starting a relationship with God and you, you, have, you have created a, a, something for God that he must be this if he doesn't do it he's not correct why don't you rather go to God and ask God, but you too, what, what don't you like? How, what, what are you like? Tell me, what are you like? And some people, you know, read uh, uh, one part of God and they say, that is all that is about God. And they're never ready to learn any other thing about God. Like, for example, you know, as you can meet... Uh, I like to use guys and girls because some of you can relate with that one very well. At least 90% of you understand that. Right from JSS, some of you had girlfriends. I know. 
I know, I know someone who started dating at class four. If you deny, I'll mention your name now in the spirit. You see? So sometimes you're, you're with a person and the person says, um, I don't like fried rice. And the person says, I don't like fried rice. The person says, I like jollof. Even the type of jollof the person likes to is a different thing altogether. That is what I like. No, 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 no. I think you should try this fried rice. He said no. That is what I like. And through the word of God, God was able to show us his character. He said he's rich in love. So there's no bad propaganda you can do against God that will change anything. He's rich in love. He said he's slow to anger. That means when God gets angry with you, it will take so long. In fact, you even go and talk to people that talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. I'm coming home. Talk to him. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody here? Even before God will strike, even, before, even if he wants to strike, you say, no, you know, it's, God is just amazing. All right, that's beautiful. Someone said, okay, then why is this thing happening? Why is COVID-19 happening? What's this? What's that? Another time we'll have time, we'll talk about it. But, you know, when things are within the scopes of prophetic agenda, it takes a different set of laws. So you need to know the word of God. Like I told you, we'll come out of this. And every step of the way, the Lord has been speaking to me. Remember I told you, um, before the lockdown, I told you. And before the second one, too, I told you. And you know it has been added again. You know another week has been added? To the one week that already. Yeah. Yes, I thought that is what the Lord said to me. That's what the Lord said to me. And look, but we will come out of this. No two ways about it. We'll come out of it. We've come into the season, all right, of, of God's performance. Yes, we've prayed with our man of God. We've prayed. We've also prayed. We've prayed. The season has come. We've come into it. Now, the, it's like a, someone who was dead in your house. You've sacked the person. You now need to sweep the house. That's what this lockdown is doing. I'm going to sweep the house. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Do not stop praying. Resurrection. Why? You know, why, why is there resurrection? What's the essence of the resurrection? You know, some people, you know, they say, Jesus is alive. What, what is its effect? What is impact in your life? What's its impact in your life? What's its effect in your life? What's its effect in your life? Number one thing I want you to know about resurrection is that Jesus resurrected for you. If he resurrected for you, what's his impact? Go to Romans chapter 4. These are basics that you need to know. Romans chapter 4 verse 24. 
It says, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Now, hold on. Before I continue, on the Instagram live, on, from Monday going, we'll start... Um, uh, from Monday going, we'll start the, the expose on the book of Romans. Right from Romans chapter 1, we'll go through everything. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Verse 25. Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Now, that means Jesus was delivered for our, for our offenses. That means the death of Jesus was on account of our sin. Was on account of our sin. But that was not all. If Jesus had died and had not resurrected, our sin would have been uh, uh, blotted out, but we would have walked right back into it. Or, if Jesus was delivered for our offenses, all right, it means that he has been killed. Now, we are free from sin, all right? But it is on record that we sinned and we were forgiven. That's the implication of he was delivered for our, for our offenses. That means we truly sinned and Jesus forgave us, all right? But he says something greater here. So the resurrection is a far greater thing. He says, and was raised again for our justification. Justification means discharged and acquitted, not guilty of the crime. So, by the, for him being raised from the dead, it means that we never sinned. So, you see, when, when, when we, we, we sometimes go to um, uh, evangelical grounds and we speak, we are speaking, we have to speak at the level of the people listening. So, we say, oh, oh, I was bad and I was this and I want to share my testimony. The people listen to it and they understand. It's fine. There's milk. There's uh, baby food. It's also food, all right? It's fine. It's not a lie. It's only a lesser truth. When we come to the truth of God's word, as was given to us in God's word, he said he was raised again for our justification. That means it, it is not on record. God does not have record that you sing. Now, I told you one time, I said, sometimes some people sing this song and say that, you know, we're lost in sin and Jesus came to rescue us. It is fine, but it is not scripturally accurate. Jesus did not rescue us. That would be illegal. He cannot rescue us. What he has to do is to jump into where we are so that we can take his place. That's justification. It means you have been justified. That means you did not lose the case. It's a different thing if you lost, you, 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 you lost the case and the judge had mercy on you. That, okay, this guy killed this guy, but you see, let, let's consider him. He has a family. So, go and don't do it again. That's, you have been, uh, your, your, your offense has been paid. All right? In justification, someone had to go to prison for you. Because it was needful that someone goes to prison. Now, God put this technology in nature. Now, there's a, there's a scripture, let me read it. So, you understand the nature of God. Book of Romans. Chapter 3. I'll read 25 and 26. Romans 3, verse 25 and 26. Whom God had set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, talking about Jesus, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through, that are passed through the forbearance of God. Another day's topic. Verse 26. To declare, now pay attention, he says, to declare at this time, 
His righteousness. Now, now, what he said in 25, go back to verse 25. He says, whom God had set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness. That means God set Jesus as a, uh, a propitiation through faith in his blood. Not, at this time, he's not talking about for us. At this point, God is not dealing with us. He said, so that God himself will declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past for the forbearance of God. All right, verse 26. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness. That means, at this time, God putting Jesus on the cross, all right, is he is declaring his righteousness at this time. It's not at this time being saved. One of the reasons why put Jesus on the cross was for him, God, to also declare his righteousness. Is it important that God declares his righteousness? He says that he, God, might be just. So God put Jesus on the cross so that he, God, might be just. Now, you have to understand the things that happen in nature. When God wants to have something that is legal, alright, he has to put it in nature. That's why it says, through one man's offense, death reigned. Much more they which receive abundance of grace. And that means, if one Adam could sin for everybody to be a sinner, that means one man can die for everybody to die. It makes it just. He said that God might be just. Now, for example, someone says, if Jesus died, if Jesus died in place of us, why did he have to rise back? The person says, it looks like it's, it's not correct. Why did he have to rise back? And I said, because God made a provision for that in nature. When you put a seed in the ground, the seed dies, but it comes back. It comes back. So there's a provision for that. And when the seed comes back, it comes back with a new body. And that's the, 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 the beauty of resurrection. Jesus came with a new body. Time will not permit me to go to the book of Hebrews. He said, a body that has prepared for me. So the Jesus who died and the Jesus who resurrected are two different people. All right. Tomorrow, is, we'll, we'll discuss that another time. Go back to 26 again. That God might be just. He says, <laughs> Oh, Lord Jesus. That God might be just. Verse 26. And the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. So God becomes just, then God becomes a justifier. So Jesus died for us. And what does it mean for him to die for us? That means when he died, we were justified. On account of his death, we were justified. On account of his death, we were justified. On account of his death, we just we we never sinned. So it is never on record. Anything I did before I got born again, it is not on record. God does not know. Intentionally, he does not know. Oh God, all the things I did, all the things, God said, what did you do? This is the beauty of the message of Jesus. That God might be just. That God might be just.
I wish I, no, this will take me weeks and weeks to finish. About the resurrection. Jesus was raised so that we will have justification. And so that we will have life. His life became life for us. I need to get that part very well. Jesus was raised so that we will have life. So his life became life for us. Now, secondly, we were raised with Jesus. We were raised with Christ. First one I said, Jesus died for us. Christ died for us. So, in dying for us, we achieved, he, he gave us um, justification. The second one is, he was raised for us. He was raised with us. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Look at it. It says, If ye then be risen with Christ. So the first one I said, Christ was raised for you. And because he was raised for you, you were justified. Second one says, If ye then be risen with Christ. Now this time, you were risen together with Christ. According to the Bible, you were, uh, you were risen together with Christ. So when Christ arose, you arose with him. If ye then be risen with Christ. Now because he says you are risen with Christ, it tells you to do something. Seek. Seek. You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to pair your nature with your actions. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. What's he what's what's uh, uh, referring to? He's referring to um, uh, the fact that it might be unnatural for you, even though you have been raised with Christ, it might be unnatural for you to behave heavenly because you have been so trained naturally. Now, over here, he says, even you, uh, just because you have been raised with Christ, he says, now begin to make a pursuit. Begin to make a pursuit. Begin to make a pursuit of heavenly things. What are the things that fill your mind? You see, the reason why I talk of, of late, I've been talking a lot, all right? People, you guys know me already. I don't, I don't, I don't really bash people for doing different things, but of late, you can see that I'm trying, because I'm trying to bring your mind to something, all right? Sometimes, you know, when a baby is um, crawling for too long, you have to provoke him to walk. You see, it, when you're a baby, we could look at it and we could just let it go. But when you have passed your childhood duration, we need to provoke you. So sometimes the, the child is a year old. At, at what time did they stop sucking breast milk? A year. The child is a year old and is still calling for breast milk. What do you do? They intentionally don't give him. So sometimes we need to provoke you to grow. So you see that sometimes someone asks me a question, and I'm sure the person is probably watching, but asks me a question, says, uh, is it okay to wear um, swimsuits, right, you know, and take a picture of it? And, I'm like, and I said, and the person says, anyway, if you go to the pool, that is what you wear. So why can't I post it? You know, and I said something. I said, it's not about the sin. When we are dealing with matters of that nature, we are not dealing with sin. All right? 
we are dealing with, like what he says, seek those things above. That means God expects you to have an ambassadorial mindset. Let me tell you something. Be very careful what you post. To do it is one thing. To post it is another. I told the person, I said, if you go and swim with the swimsuit, I don't have anything to say about it. To post it is that you are not conscious that you are an ambassador. Because you know what? Subconsciously, we are wired to believe anything you post about yourself that that is you. You don't have the opportunity to explain to us. So, when you go out there and you post on your social media, you post yourself half naked, it might not be your personality. But you have already given us, you know, a mindset about who you are. Alright? And you might never be able to erase it. So, if another day, if you have an ambassadorial mindset, you know that you're a kingdom person, you're seeing things which are above. One of the things that's above is soul winning. See those things which are above. You don't think of money the way men think of it. You don't think of, 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 of life the way men think of it. I was having a, a discussion with some of my brothers. And we discussed something like that. Talking about, you know, some people are saying, you know, we need to make money. You know, we need to do it. And I said, no. No. Jesus Christ said, you know, and that's one thing that God has helped me with. The convictions in Jesus' words. I believe Jesus' words. Jesus Christ said, a man's life does not uh, 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 consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. So it's not about having money, my, uh, a lot of money in my account. I have believed the words of Jesus. God is not against prosperity, but the, God wants to do it his way. A man's life does not uh, 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 consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. So I believe what God says about money. I believe what God says about life. So I view life from God's perspective. See those things which are above. You think of things that are above. That's one of the blessings of the New Testament. God wants us to reason everything, connect everything to heaven. In the Old Testament, you, you, you realize that God made emphasis on Abraham was rich in cattle, in goods, in this, in that. You see God's emphasis for Abraham, God's emphasis for Isaac. You can see that in the Old Testament, God dealt with them, even though he dealt with them spiritually, but he dealt with them more physically because they were a nation. He dealt with them more physically. In the New Testament, he deals with us more spiritually. So you see a lot of the truths that are very spiritual. Let me show you something. Romans chapter, uh, Revelation chapter 3 verse 17. See how God sees these people. That's New Testament folks. There was a church in Laodicea. See how God, God, God speaks to them. Revelation chapter 3. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. That looks like, I mean, some Christians are, it, it's, it might look like a sign of prosperity, but God says, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So everybody might be looking at the person and say, the person is doing well. But when we, we look at uh, heaven's radar, on what, the person's, on what the person has, we look at heaven's radar on what the person has, the person, according to Jesus, is miserable and poor and naked. Am I saying we don't prosper? I'm very prosperous. You know, I believe in prosperity. We do big things for God, so we need money to do it. But I'm just trying to show you that, how does God see money? How does Jesus see money? How does God see it? So when... We, we, we are even dealing with prosperity. We are dealing with it from above. We are dealing with God's perspective. Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He said, All other things shall be added unto you. That means all other things are necessary. 
but they don't have to come before you see God. You see, that's how God arranges them. That's the perspective. In the first fruit, be holy, the lamp also is holy, remember. So, if we're raised with Christ, he says, sing those things which are above. Be more heavenly minded. Be more rapture conscious. Be more, you know, sing those things which are above. There are things that are above. You see, so we don't play on the ground. We don't play the ground game with the guys. When they play, when they play ground game with us, we say, no, no, we sing those things which are above. We have greater ideals in life. While, while they are boasting in how much they have in their account, we are boasting how many souls that we are, we are waiting. We are boasting our crowns. Yeah. Yeah. So I will not lose sleep over an unbeliever who is making it. I will not lose sleep over it. I sing those things which are about. I will not lose sleep over it. I will not, I will not make, it, make me feel like God has abandoned me. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It will not make me feel like God has left me. I'm still as important to God. And what I will now, you know, my, 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 my riches now become a gift of trust that God has put in my hand. This could be another message I'll preach. Let me just add this, then we, I'll close to this message. The resurrection. First one, Jesus was raised for me. And as he was raised for me, I was justified. Secondly, I was raised with him. When I was raised with him, he says I should seek those things which are about. The third one, he's alive in me. Jesus is alive in me. Jesus is alive in me. So, when he was raised, he was raised in me. He was raised in me. Jesus is alive in me. What does it mean? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me say something. Mahatma Gandhi made a statement many years ago. He said, Oh, the Christians... I love their Christ. I don't love the Christians. You know why? Because we really fail sometimes to project the risen Christ out there. Pastor Lisa said some time ago, many years ago, he said, you are the Jesus somebody will ever see. If Jesus is alive in you, what kind of uh, projection of Jesus, have you made in your home? What kind of projection of Jesus have you made in your family, among your friends, among your friends? You see, it's a kingdom mindset. It's a kingdom mindset. I have to, you know, nations like uh, America, right, and uh, some some of the communist nations like China. Even if there's bad news in China, they will never say it. Why? They'll prefer to be uh, dealing with the matter behind. And they'll give you a very nice front. At least we can handle that. You are only a hypocrite when you are intentionally doing the wrong thing behind and trying to show the right thing up front. But you are visionary if you are showing the right thing here and you're really working. You're really working behind the scene. 
to make sure that the one you're working on and the one we see here tally and they match. So sometimes we come out there and we project Christ wrongly. We project Christ wrongly. If he is alive in us, the world needs to experience Jesus and his nature. You see, the world needs to experience Jesus and his nature. I tell you something, our generation currently, you know, they need their own experience of God. We can't keep telling stories and showing videos. We can't keep telling stories that, and you know, in 1946, it's okay, he has gone. What about us? Is Jesus not alive again? Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is Jesus not alive again? Our generation too needs their own experience of God. Many times I'll pray and cry, say, God, I remember in 2011, I went to pray. I fasted and prayed three days. I didn't eat anything. Why? Something was bothering me. What was bothering me? The devil was making people more sick than God was healing them. There were more sick people. One day I went to Kolebu to go and see someone. When I got there, ooh, the number of sick people. I was so shocked. I was wondering, how do the doctors deal with this? I feel I'll be stressed. Some of these people are called to do it. Otherwise, I don't, I don't see how. I think it's a calling to be a doctor. I don't see how they'll do it. Because when I saw it, immediately, I began to feel some way. And I, I also thought, okay, maybe when someone comes to church after service, people gather to come and see me. Maybe the person will be like, oh, how is pastor doing that? But I could feel like, don't, 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 don't speak to me. I saw they were sick. And I said, God, help me to help people. Because people don't only want to read about Jesus. They want to see Jesus. You know, sometimes people tend, tend to judge us when we become Christians because they immediately exp- they have an expectation that this guy says he's a Christian, then I expect to see Christ. They will not say it like that, but that is what they are expecting to see. But you're a Christian and Jesus is alive in you. Someone insults you and the guy in you wants to arise. The house in you wants to arise. The achim in you wants to arise. The airway in you wants to arise. It wants to arise. One guy told me, a Christian, he told me, he said, Me, I'm an achimo. Me, an achim, I like litigation. Me, achimi, me, three months, one guy said, I'm Christian. He said, Me, I like debates. I like, oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Sometimes, you know, uh, the manifestation of Jesus in us or through us. It's what people are looking for. That's all. His wisdom. Three things that people are looking for in us. His wisdom to solve problems. 
his power to make advancement for the kingdom is that on his nature. Three things people are looking for over mass. The wisdom of God. When we come into situations, can we bring the wisdom of God to bear? Then, when we come, when we arrive, power. Someone say power. Oh, these are days of power, I tell you. These are days of power. These are days of power. Then, wisdom, power. And I said nature. Love nature. The love nature of Jesus. Jesus went as far as saying, if someone slaps you, so I said, turn the other way. No, Jesus. Ow, ow. No, if we cannot even understand things like that, how would we understand how the disciples of Jesus were killed? For the name of Jesus. Because one slap alone, we, are, we can't take it. Then if they put a gun on us to deny Jesus, we'll do it immediately. Because we love our flesh. We are in the days of God's strength and God's power and God's might. If Jesus has been raised, then we're not going to tell stories anymore. Jesus is alive. Listen, Jesus came alive so there could be life in what we believe. That's why he came back. So when we have crusades and we have meetings, Jesus comes there because he's still alive. Jesus comes there because he's alive. And you know, one of the ways that Jesus comes alive is through the gifts of the Spirit. It's one of the ways. Now, I'll show you a mystery. You know, in the, in the Old Testament, the high priest went to the most holy place. And when he goes there, nobody goes with him because only the high priest can, high priest can go to the most holy place. Now, when the high priest goes there, they tie something to his leg and they put bells around his leg. So that as he's moving, the bells will just be ringing. The bells will just be ringing. The bells will just be ringing. So that if he has sinned and he goes there and he dies there, nobody will go and bring him out. They will pull him out with a rope over there. I thought about it. I looked up in the Bible and I realized the bells were nine. This gentleman once those nine gifts of the Spirit are still ringing, Jesus is alive. Jesus, our high priest, is alive. Once the sick are getting healed, Jesus is alive. You know, how will we go and share a gospel without power? How will we go and share a gospel without manifestation of God? No, we cannot. People are tired of stories. There are no stories. There's Harry Potter. There's, um, there's money heist. Bella Chow, Bella Chow, Bella Chow. So if we go to preach without power, it's like going to Bella Chow, Bella Chow, Bella Chow, and Jesus said, Bella Chow. And it's, they are not any different from Bella Chow. If Jesus is no fiction, if Jesus is fiction, that's why you see, you hear testimonies. The lady said she was just watching live, live on, on her phone. Just watch, and the piles disappeared. 
That reminds me of, uh, you know, when you are traveling with VIP. Some people come to uh, sell drugs in it. One drug cures 26 sicknesses. <laughs> One drug, they will advertise for everything. One drug. That's like the power of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing too hard for the power of the Holy Ghost. Where feet may fail And there I find you in the mystery With oceans deep My faith will stand And I will call upon your Thank you. 